Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Easy Peasy Show. As always, thank you for listening. I am Zach here with my co-host, Peyton. Today is September 22nd. We have another exciting weekend full of football fights. Um, all of the above, I mean, hopefully maybe some fighting in football. I don't expect to see much football within the fighting. Um, I know Sugar Sean likes to do his crossover celebration. I don't think he did that against Aljamain Sterling, maybe because he, he would have been deemed racist or something. Uh, no, now that I think respectful it. for, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Sean O'Malley? I know it was unbelievable <laughs> until well until the video started coming. Yeah, out. Yeah, fair enough. Once he re- once he realized he was champion, it didn't really hit him. It didn't really you... hit him at the time. Are the man? <laughs> You're the man. Oh man! But um, yeah, I guess this is as uh, good as of a segue as any into our fight night predictions uh, by split decision. Uh, fight night for September twenty third, twenty twenty three, which is going to be headlined by a couple of uh, great fighters, uh, Fiziev and Gamrot. Uh, should be, I mean, decent card. Uh, I think the. Uh, the fights that are bad are pretty bad, and the fights that are good are gonna be really good. I'll just put it like that. Um, you know, I think yeah, we have two ends of the spectrum here for every single fighter, every single fight, I should say. And um, let me think for what it's worth. It should be a decently interesting card, especially the main, the, the main card aspect of it. So, with that being said, we can move on into our predictions, Peyton. If you're okay with that. Yep, I'm I'm ready. Uh, you want me to lead the way, or would you like to lead the way? Oh, it don't matter to me. If you're feeling confident about some of these names, I say go for it. Hey, you know what? I, I've learned just go with it. So, we'll start off with uh, fight number one of the night, Rendon versus Vidal. Oh, um, oh no. Vidal, whatever. I don't no, care. I'm just, I, think, I think you got it. It don't matter. You have I'm, to say I'm, the first names, too. Mm, let's not test our look. Um... So Rendon is making her UFC debut. She's actually she's actually five zero on the fight circuit. <clears throat> However, she will be the underdog for, on Saturday. Um, sadly, Vidal, or sadly for her, I should say, sadly for her, Vidal is superior in just about every other in every category in the fight. Um, the only the only uh, ability that Rendon has over Vidal is her ability to win questionable decisions. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't see this fight being very competitive. Um, Vidal is fighting for the second time in the UFC, so she's got a little bit of experience. She's younger, about ten years younger, but she's and so she's raw. But Rendon's also kind of a raw prospect, and she's ten years older. Um, and even that being said, she's still put more put together than Rendon. Uh, I expect her to get take down and then just grind out the match on the mat so uh i do have vidal by decision yeah i have vidal via decision too i'm not gonna spend too much time talking about uh either of these fires i'm not too impressed by either of them uh especially the rendon side um it kind of it, it kind of worries me that she's in the ufc worries me for the fact that they just give contracts to anyone nowadays um you know worries me they they just find they can find a crackhead on the street and probably put her up against vidal and probably have his mom you know as good of a time as rendon um yeah uh i mean rendon's not not the worst fighter i've seen but ufc caliber that's a that's a pretty big question mark um 
you know, from the from the fights I've seen, the highlight, the mixtape or whatever, uh, it's not the greatest fighting skills. I mean, she has like these flashes. But like I said, uh, I really have to wonder how she even got a contract in the UFC. But on the other hand, much younger. Uh, I think even though, like I said, she's younger, she's got the same amount of experience as Rendon, or at least the level of fighters. Uh, before what it's worth, yeah, she's all around the better fighter. She has about much more power on the feet, so she's going to have a striking advantage. And she's a brown belt uh, in BJJ. So, yeah, I mean, if it's on the ground, I don't think Rendon stands a chance. And so, uh, but I think for what it's worth, yeah, regardless, on the feet, on the ground, don't matter. Um, I have Vidal via decision. And uh, it's worth noting that Vidal is a minus 225 favorite via DraftKings as of this morning. A minus 225 favorite compared to uh, Monster at Rendon, a plus 185 dog. Yeah, I think those are, I mean, the odds are, I mean, they're not necessarily close, but I think they're closer than I think this fight will be. I think this is going to be pretty lopsided. Um, but we'll move on to the second fight of the night, Mizuki versus Goldie. Um, Mizuki, who's 14-6, and six, she's making her first appearance in three years, which normally I'd kind of go with the person who hasn't taken a three-year layoff. However, Goldie sucks. So, uh, yeah, no, she sucks. So, but Mizuki, she opens up as a decently large favorite over her opponent. She's a rapid-firing boxer, great cardio, um, but she does have some pretty questionable takedown defense. Kind of due to her size, she's a little undersized for her weight class. And I think that's kept her from maximizing her potential in the octagon. Um, However, I I still think the the version we saw three years ago was still good enough to beat uh, Goldie. I'm going to lean for her to get a pretty easy decision win over Goldie on Saturday. But uh, we'll go to Goldie's side. She's 6-3. and three. She tore it up at the lower levels of MMA. But then once she got into the UFC, I mean, she's horrible. She's got one win since entering the UFC, and that was basically a upset armbar over Emily Whitmire, who is 3-3 three and three herself. So it's not like she's anything to write home about. Um, I mean, Goldie, if you see a picture of her, she's freaking jacked, but it doesn't I don't need, I don't know if she's just not strong or if she just doesn't use her strength to overpower people or what, but her boxing is not very good. So um, maybe she should do that, but I, 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 who am I? Um, at the end of the day, I guess she still has an OnlyFans and maybe that's successful. I don't know. Uh, good for her, I guess, but that, I mean, if she loses this one, it might be her final fight in the UFC. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think pretty much everything you said about Goldie can be said about a lot of the fighters. Um, yeah, she looks jacked in her pictures, and uh, like I said, um, I mean, shoot, the next fight that we're going to be talking about, um, pretty, there's a pretty big physique difference in the fighters, but I think there's also a pretty big skill difference. Um, so I'm already talking about the next fight. It shows me how interested I am in this fight. Uh, for what it's worth, I have in a way via decision, uh, Mizuki in a way uh, via decision. Uh, yeah, the layoff is a little sketchy. And uh, not only is it a three-year layoff, but it's also a four-year gap since she last actually won a fight. And uh, from what I was reading, she's actually been battling injuries in her time off, too. So it's not like, um, you know, it's not like she's just strictly taking time off to train to get better. You know, obviously she was, but she's also been spending quite a bit of time um, in rehab, essentially. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, very good volume from her. I like her striking. Um and she looks good on the ground, but I will say that her the level of opponents that she's faced and that, uh, that she's looked good on the ground against have been much lower-level opponents. Um, <clears throat> Hannah Goldie will probably be another lower-level opponent for her on the ground. Um, I think everywhere this fight goes, Hannah Goldie doesn't stand a shot. Um, she's a plus-250 dog compared to a 310 favorite in Mizuki. 
Um, I mean, her boxing isn't half bad, but I mean, for as jacked as she is, her power sucks. Um, as far as the ground game goes, uh, she looks like a turtle on her back. Uh, she gets controlled pretty easily, but if she's on top, she looks okay. Like I said, she just kind of uses her, her, um, strength to just kind of just stay there. But, uh, yeah, I got in a way winning via decision. Um, I think Goldie, like, so we're kind of like maybe flash here and there, but I doubt she does anything, um, worth getting a 10 on any of the judges scorecards in any of the rounds. So yeah, give me in a way, uh, winning via decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, well said. Uh, we'll move on to the next fight. Uh, Usman versus Collier. Sadly, it's for, for sadly for him, it's not Kamaru Usman. It is Muhammad Usman. Of course, the brother of Kamaru Usman, arguably the greatest of all time in his division. But, um, yeah, this dude is not named Kamaru, as I said earlier. Uh, nor is he nearly as good as Kamaru. He shocked everybody by winning the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and, did so with a knockout of Zach Palga over in the in the uh, finale. Um, he did win his first and only fight over a, a fighter that we've covered, Junior Taffa. But uh, I don't think I mean Junior Taffa is not the the greatest. So yeah, he's not the most technical fighter, but he has shown that he can take a lick and he he can respond. He's also in great shape, which. I can uh I can honestly say is the exact opposite of his opponent Collier. Um, I mean he's horrible. I mean he's thirteen and nine overall, two and five since moving up to heavyweight with three straight losses. Um, I will say this about Collier: he he sen- he seems to do pretty well in the first round, but I mean he falls apart like really fast after that. Um, I mean. Muhammad is in way better shape than him, so I think his cardio just outlasts and goes to a, a decision victory for Usman. Oh yeah, it's 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 interesting you bring up the cardios. Um, I kind of have to disagree with you. I think they both have terrible cardio, but Muhammad Usman's is um, even worse than Kari's, which is saying a lot. Um, yeah, I mean Kari's been a while, been around for a lot longer than Usman has. Uh, they're both the same age, if you want to take that into account. And uh, Carter has a significant amount of more experienced fights. Um, he's been in wars. He's gone to decision. He's been knocked out. He's also handed out knockouts. Like he's been he's been around for a while. He's done it all, and he'll continue to probably see it all. Um, you know, I think this fight is pretty closely lined for a reason. Usman's a minus one forty two dog. Carter a plus one. Uh, I'm sorry, minus one forty two favorite for Usman and Carter a plus one twenty dog. Uh, so for what it's worth, it's pretty much a pick 'em. And the only reason being is because Usman. Uh, dude is jacked as I'll be. I mean, he's a tank. He looks like Brock Lesnar in there, unfortunately, though. Um, uh, I mean, he's no Brock Lesnar. Uh, this dude has terrible striking, probably some of the worst I've seen, even in the heavyweight division. Um, his volume is god-awful, and when he does throw, he's missing. I think he lands maybe about 20% of his uh, strikes. Um, but for what it's worth, those 20% of those strikes are super powerful, and they can knock out uh, most anybody. Um yeah, uh, and like I said, I've already touched on his cardio. It's definitely it's definitely nothing, um, I mean, shoot, worth <laughs> noting, really. Um, yeah, uh, and Usman's probably going to try and go for takedowns, um, which, you know, I don't think it's going to really work against Jake Collier. Like I said, Jake Collier has the experience in there. His wrestling is actually not bad. Um, like I said, he's got a good wrestling and grappling background. So, I mean, if you're Usman, you're not, it isn't going to be a walk in the park taking down Collier. You probably have a straight, a significant strength advantage, sure, 
and I mean, you can manhandle them. That may be your only route. I don't, you know, I think what little technique Usman has is probably going to go out the window pretty quick. Um, like I said, cardio does have bad cardio. I think it's just slightly better than Usman's. Granted, Usman has a smaller sample size. Um, and I like Collier's boxing a lot more than Usman's. Um, like I said, Collier doesn't have the, the one-shot knockout power of Usman, but for what it's worth, his volume and his technique is a lot better. And um, how do you go and check out his Instagram, his social media? Jake Collier actually looks great. Uh, it's probably the best shape I've ever seen him in. I think at weigh-ins, he's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, dude seems genuinely happy. I know from, I got a fighter coming off of a three fight skit, I think. Um, pretty, I mean, for what it's worth, I'm, I'm leaning Collier here. So yeah, I got Collier winning via decision. Um, I said, I mean, if he's, if he's able to survive the 20% Usman, um, strikes, then I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to pull out of uh, a decision win. Yeah. All in all, I think that's going to be a pretty pretty ugly fight <laughs> um yeah i mean even i know you say call your look to be in great shape but i still don't think that really means much but we'll see um i ain't fat anymore i guess i'll just say it like that he don't look like any of his pictures you've seen recently unless you have seen a recent picture of him and i'm sorely mistaken but from what i've seen nope he, uh, he looks pretty good yeah well that's good for him so Moving on to the next fight, uh, Malkin versus Brundage. Um, so Malkin seven and two overall. Uh, he seems good enough on his feet to avoid Brundage's power shots, and uh, he's—I mean—he's way better on the mat than Brundage, Brundage is. So I—I I mean, I see that the fight going here early and often on the mat, and from there he'll just kind of grind out a decision win on the there. Brundage, on the other hand. Um, kind of tough for him because he's a replacement of a replacement and it's just not a good matchup for him uh the odds are pretty swollen in Malkin's favorite favor and that so I mean there's kind of you know that that would suggest that Malkin is a lot better um I mean really I only see his only path to victory is a miracle and I think Malkin is by far and away a better the better fighter between the two yeah um I agree how do you how do you have uh, Malkin winning Decision. Malkoon v. Decision. Yeah, um, Malkoon's no finisher. I agree with that. But I think for what it's worth, um, yeah, Brundage is terrible. Um, this may be his last fight in the UFC. Uh, but I mean, for oh, what it's wow. worth, he puts on entertaining fights very early on, I should say. Um, he showcases some great power. But like I said, Malkoon's a tough guy. Uh, good offensive wrestling. Malkoon has great takedown defense. Um, Brundage has bad defensive wrestling. Well, Malkoon has great offensive wrestling. Um, Brundage looks terrible on the bottom. Um, yeah, Malkoon's going to feast on that. Uh, Brundage, he does, I will say, for what it's worth, he looks good on the top um, when it's on the ground, but you're not going to be able to keep Malkoon down on the ground on the bottom. Um, Brundage, like I said, looks terrible on the bottom, always accepts it, and uh, even against the lesser opponents than Malkoon, he just he's in a bind. So, yeah, uh, Malkoon, uh, amazing cardio, great wrestling, and it doesn't matter who his opponent is. He always he always just seems to be in control of the fight, which is something you like to see. Uh, not necessarily like an intangible thing, but I think his just his technique and his wrestling just goes a long way and gets opponents very frustrated and, um, you know, essentially just tires him out. And so he's a good minute winner. Um, and you know, I, mean, I think for what it's worth, his striking is actually decent. Uh, could, his technique could be better, better but his power behind his strikes is – is um 
is a high note, I think, for him. So, yeah, give me Malkoon via decision. Um, I don't think this fight's particularly close, and the odds uh, seem to agree. Jago Malkoon, a minus 535 favorite. That's a pretty heavy favorite going up against Cody Brundage, a plus 400 dog. So, yeah, unfortunate. Uh, Brundage is a replacement here. Like I said, um, getting his name out there, I guess, and um, a feather in his cap, I guess, being uh, the type of guy that accepts this kind of fight. Yeah, I mean, not a smart decision to accept the fight, but, hey, good for him, I guess. Got to give him props. Yeah, money uh, talks. <laughs> no kidding. We'll move on to the next fight. Uh, Means versus Fialo. So Means has quite a bit of experience under his belt at 32-15-1. And, and he, I mean, he seemingly revitalized his career after kind of some, some tough sledding. And, uh, however, his... Then he lost three in a row. So, um, not great for him. He's kind of slipping now. On the other hand, Fialo's also suffered three losses in a, in a row, and all three have come by knockout. Um, he kind of freezes up in the octagon against a good striker. He, it's almost like he's trying to guess what's coming instead of just rolling with it. And um, Yeah, I think that's going to kill him against Means. Um, I do have means winning by TKO. I will say this, Fialo has a great uh, power shot on in his right hand, but uh, in his last three fights, I mean, it, had, it hadn't played a factor at all. So I don't see it playing a factor Saturday night either. Yeah, um, Tim Means, a plus 145 dog against Andre Fialo, a minus 175 favorite. Uh, this fight's going to be pretty entertaining, I should say, because someone's going to get starched and someone's going to get starched. Um, probably before the second round's over at the latest. Yeah, both these fighters on three-fight skids. Uh, Tim Means uh, moving into his 40th year of age here, uh, pretty old. And like you said, 32-15-1. and one. So I mean, you do have to question the durability. I mean, even if you just um, you barely have a brain, you have to say, well, I mean, this dude's 40 years old, fighting in the welterweight division. Um, you know, has 50-some-odd fights. I mean, how is this dude even still standing? Mm-hmm. I mean, he barely is. Um, I mean, you know... Uh, it's it's been pretty rough for him lately. Uh, he used to he used to have great durability, but like I said, his age is just catching up to him, and he's just been in way too many wars lately for his chin to hold up. Um, he's getting dropped over and over and over again. Like I said, these wars are just adding up on his body, and unfortunately, his body just can't keep up. And um, like I said, his body hates his brain because his brain says we're moving forward or we're throwing punches. And like I said, Tim means fun guy to watch. Um, I know his body hates him though, and. Uh, uh, he can't, I mean, I think for what it's worth, he could wrestle and grapple. He just won't. Uh, like I said, maybe like a pride thing. Like I said, some, something we see way too often in the UFC. Uh, I mean, last week with Kevin Holland, we saw it. Uh, hmm. I'll talk about Fialo here. Uh, yeah, Tim Means, like I said, has pretty bad durability. Fialo, even worse. Um, Augusta Wind is knocking this guy out. Uh, and on top of that, his cardio is terrible. Um, I mean, like I said, not only like I said, his chin sucks, his cardio sucks. You you put the two together. How does this dude stand a chance? Uh, he doesn't grapple, and it's not because he chooses not to. It's because he can't. Um, he doesn't throw punches. His volume sucks. So, like I said, this dude's a minus 175 favorite. You have to question why. Um, it's because of his power shots, uh, as Peyton touched on earlier. Uh, this dude's this dude's power is phenomenal. Probably some of the best I've seen in the division. Probably pound for pound, some of the best power in the UFC. Unfortunately, this guy just sucks. Um, you know, I guess it's I can't think of the saying right now, but you know, it's 
it's like, you know when you have something but the exact opposite of it we have something great but the exact opposite of it is terrible you know you take one to give one uh, that's what fialo does and like i said he's been getting uh beat up pretty bad lately because of it so yeah for what it's worth i think someone is going down if it's not fialo early then it's probably gonna be tim means earlier that's a tim means cardio would probably hold up but um, yeah, I think ultimately it comes down to who lands the first shot, and I'm just gonna go with the guy that has more power here, and Andre Fialo. So yeah, give me Fialo to win this via first round knockout. Um, I think for what it's worth, this is gonna be a very, very entertaining fight. Not entertaining in the best of ways, but just entertaining in the sense that the UFC is funny putting these two guys together to fight. I think I'll just put it like that. That's about the best way I can put it. Yeah. Um. Another one we disagree on. Hey, that's that's good because lately we haven't been disagreeing on a lot of fights, so it's good to see some uh, some different differentials here. Um, moving on, we got Argueta versus or Argueta versus Johns. Um, Argueta, he's nine and one overall. Um, so obviously the record suggests that he's a pretty good fighter, which I think he is, but he. He, I mean, his defense is not the greatest. He can be extremely easy to hit at times. Um, but, I mean, he just walks through everything. He's got a chin of steel. Um, he basically just takes, eats whatever you throw at him and then just throws his own game plan. So, um, he almost seems to get better in, in chaos, kind of like Justin Gacy almost. But, um, on the flip side, um, John's, it, it, it's almost like he's uncomfortable in like favorable situations. He he'll have people almost finished and then just like not finish them. I get trying to wait for the, the right moment, but I mean he just doesn't. The right moment comes, and he just doesn't take it. So he, I, I guess he just doesn't have a killer instinct. Um, I think he's a better fighter of the two, but he, like I said, he just leaves the door open for his opponents a little bit too much. So I have our get over via decision. Yeah, um, I think that's interesting. Uh, Argueta, a uh, minus one eighty five favorite going against Miles Johns, plus one forty five dog. Um, essentially, another uh, pick him if you will. Argueta looks like a little bit more money's coming in on his side. Um, yeah, dude has good wrestling. If I'm not mistaken, I believe this dude's from uh, not Contender Series. What's the other show called? The Ultimate Fighter, I believe. Um, yep. From like the first revamp season with Volkanovski. Um, he has good wrestling. Um, at least on the YouTube, I was able to watch of him. Uh, very good grappling. Uh, I know like his submission victories have looked good, but uh, he hasn't had one in a while, and it, it, he seems to have some favorite submissions to go to. If that makes sense. I, obviously, everyone has something they're comfortable with, but I mean that just makes it easier for your opponent to be on the lookout for it and defend it. Granted, if you're really good at it, there's no defending it. Um, and yeah, for what it's worth, I think this guy has a decent decent striking ability. I mean, boxing isn't the best, but um, his volume is up there, which you like to see. But going up against someone, Miles Johns, who, um, you know, I think he has good wrestling, but he doesn't really use it much, oddly enough. Like I said, one of those idiots in the UFC who just who loves to, you know, not do anything to his benefit. Uh, very low-volume guy, but uh, makes up for it in his power striking. Uh, but what's, what's really good about uh, Miles Johns, at least I think, is that his defense all around is – uh, probably pound for pound, some of the best in the UFC. Uh, not only can he defend takedowns, but he can also seem to defend strikes. Whether you know it's um, you know smartly blocking it with his fist, arms, legs, whatever. But um, I mean, he can um, you know dodge and weave with the best of them. 
I'm not saying he looks like Ali out there. But for what it's worth, I think he has very good defense. Um, and then also on the flip side of that, though, his cardio, his gas tank, I should say, um, looks good in the beginning, and then he'll, he'll just randomly, you know, obviously, it's like it's like someone punctured a hole in the gas tank or something. You know, you just see the little meter running down a lot quicker than it should. Uh, as the fight goes on, he slows down drastically. Um, I think this fight's going to be very even, a lot more even than what the odds say. Um, I'm not sure what these what the odds opened up as, but hopefully they opened up um, a lot closer than what they are now because I think minus 185 for Argetta is kind of egregious. I would never bet that. Um, even though I th- I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. I, I see this fight going either way, and I got John's wing winning via decision. Um, I think Argueta is just going to struggle trying to wrestle against him, even though Argueta has looked good against other guys. Miles Johns has significantly better defense than anyone he's faced, and I think that's going to um, kind of aggravate Argueta. And uh, what, you know, what's this fight going to come down to? The uh, terrible judges of the UFC. So, um, you know me, I'd rather side with the underdog. Give me Miles Johns here to win um, a decision via judging screw up or. You know, via maybe legitness. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I can definitely see that as well. So moving on, we got Ramos versus Jordan. Um, Ramos obviously famous for his spinning techniques. Uh, yeah, uh, Ricardo Ramos going up against Charles Jordan. Pretty much another pick him in a uh, fight card full of, um, I guess, closer fights than even what the odds say. Like I said, I'm not. I don't agree with some of these odds, but like I said, it really just um, fluctuates depending on who takes uh, and more money. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for what it's worth, in my opinion, Ramos, uh, his striking isn't great. Um, I mean, it's good at best. I think it's decent. I think really what he um, what he really excels in is his grappling and wrestling. His durability, though, um, leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, you know, when he's losing, it's because he's getting finished. So. Going up against a guy like Charles Jordan, you know you have you have to have a very specific game plan, and I don't think it really needs to be said out loud because Jordan has been exposed. But I'll say it anyways. Uh, Jordan has god awful takedown defense. I talked about Augusta Wynn knocking a guy out earlier. Well, Augusta Wynn's going to blow Jordan probably out the cage. Um, this dude has ter- a terrible balance. He has um, like I don't know if his brain's loose or something, but I mean he yeah he can't defend a takedown to save his life. But what looks good on his part. And probably what has him as a slight favor here, even though the, the odds, once again, in my opinion, should probably be just straight pick him. Um, he has a great get-up game. Uh, people can't really seem to keep him down long. I don't know if it's just his build, his physique, or what. Like I said, um, I mean, you see the funny videos all the time of people saying, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, is fake. Just stand up. Um, Jordan's kind of a living living example of that. Um, I've, I've been a fan of Jordan for a little bit now. Uh, I think he's a very fun guy to watch, fun striker, because he has a lot of uh, great power. And I think his durability is some of the best. Uh, like I said, Ramos, uh, and what, he's he's won some by knockout, right? I think uh, he won one a couple years ago, maybe a year ago, um, via a nice spinning knockout. But, I mean, even if he lands that against Jordan, I don't think Jordan's going to go down. Jordan's the kind of guy that just looks at you, smiles, and just throws, another, just throws the same exact thing back at you. Guy's fun to watch, but um, this really comes down to the game plan of Ramos, and if he can survive, I think the third round go, going up against Jordan, uh, Ramos needs to wrestle here, and if he does, and he's somehow able to keep Jordan down, he wins. 
Uh, do I think that's going to happen? Not at all. Um, like I said, Ramos, uh, I mean, he's probably, if he's smart, he shoots up to 20 takedowns. Like I said, maybe he can control Jordan for like six or seven minutes total. But other than that, I mean, you better hope that with all those takedown attempts that your, you know, your ass tank holds up against a powerful striker in Jordan. As I think Jordan's going to weather the storm. I think he's going to piss Ramos off. And I think eventually, you know, he's going to catch Ramos making a mistake going in for a takedown while tired, and he's probably going to knock him out. So, yeah, give me Jordan to win via knockout in the third round. Um, you know, I think both fighters have their paths to victory. I just think it comes down to really the game plans, the game plans for either of the fighters. Um, and Jordan's got to know the takedowns are coming, and they're going to come in hot and heavy. And um, there's not going to be much he's going to be able to do to defend them unless he's been doing a lot of training in the past few months that I just don't know about. But, um, yeah, I'm, like I said, uh, lately especially I've been tired of taking the grappler via, uh, versus the power striker. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the power striker here in Jordan to win. Hey, yeah, that's fair. Um, yet another one we disagree on, though. Um, I think Jordan tends to get a little over-aggressive at times and leaves himself open for some takedowns. I think uh, Ramos gets a takedown. Now, like you said, Jordan has great get-up game, but so I don't know if he keeps him there, but I think he gets enough control time. I think he wins by decision. Yeah, it should be an interesting fight. Like I said, the odds, um, even though they favor, they seem to be favoring a lot of people recently, I think that's just a reflection of the money pouring in on them, not really the skill between the fighters. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for what it's worth, this uh, should be another entertaining fight. But um, Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it should be a, a, bat- a stylistic battle, which is always fun to see. Yep. Uh, moving on to speaking of battles, uh, battle versus Fletcher. Um, battle. He's boasting a 10, ten, ten inch reach advantage. And he's won four of his last five in the UFC. Um, I mean, he's not the most flashy guy. He's not on paper. He's not like anything spectacular. But I mean, dude just keeps winning and winning and winning. Um, so. Uh, to me, I mean, he just keeps finding ways to win. And so I do have a winning via decision here. Um, more of a submission specialist kind of guy, by the way. Um, meanwhile, Fletcher, he's very, very aggressive. and But he's still kind of finding his footing in the octagon. So I do have uh, battle winning here by decision. Yeah, another interesting fight. And uh, we oh, yeah, get a hometown guy and AJ Fletcher. Uh, like I said, I think, once again, this is another fight where the odds should probably be a little bit closer than what they are. Uh, I wouldn't say pick him. I'd still give Brian Battle here an advantage. Um, uh, for what it's worth, though, um, I think there's an obvious game plan here, just kind of like the last fight. Um, it's, it's even more obvious in this fight, I should say. Uh, Fletcher, he's a really good. Um, he's really good at wrestling, I think at least. And um, Brian Battle sucks with wrestling. Um, he can't defend takedowns. And when he's on the bottom, he gets controlled very easily. Uh, his terrible bottom game, like I said, bad takedown defense. But on the feet, um, I think Battle has probably a significant advantage here. Uh, Brian Battle carries a lot of power in him. Uh, like I said, he lives up to his last name, and he can mix it up very well. I, I like the way this guy mixes it up. Like I said, he's very he's – st- I wouldn't say he's still a very raw prospect like he was in uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, he's been getting a lot better, but – um. I th- the the main thing here he is going for him too is his cardio. Uh, AJ Fletcher's cardio is uh, terrible, especially as the fight goes on and on and on. 
Um, I mean, yeah, sure, every fighter slows down as the fight goes on, but AJ Fletcher, it is noticeable. And this dude is like, yeah, you know, taking in half the oxygen in the arena. Then the third round, um, <laughs> you know, he he slows down drastically. Uh, he make his, you know, like I said, I guess less oxygen going to his brain causes him to make terrible decisions. Um, and like I said, he has terrible striking defense. He's, I mean, he's eating shots like potato chips from uh, from other people. And you don't want to do that against Brian Battle, not someone who has that much power and who can just, like, you know, pick and you know pick and choose their spots so well. Um, yeah, I think this is just going to end up being a cardio battle. I think Fletcher can win the minutes if he wants to, but I think I think maybe this is one of those things where, like, the first round, it's like Fletcher's going to look great against Battle because he's probably going to take him down and keep him there for like three or four minutes. The second round, probably, probably the same, maybe not as bad, maybe like two or three minutes. But then, like I mean, maybe like I think towards the later end of that second round, I mean, there's battles just going to stand up, and they're going to get up. Um, I think that third round is going to be terrible. AJ Fletcher is going to be gassed out trying to go for a takedown. Battle's going to say nope. You know, I mean, it's going to look like you know someone fighting in the first round versus someone fighting in the fifth round. So yeah, um, in the battle of gas tanks here, give me Brian Battle to win via knockout in the third round. Well said. Uh, moving on. We're gonna go Rodriguez versus Watterson Gomez. Um, both both fighters are currently on a pretty good skid. Um, so this let me let me start off by saying this: this is a rematch of a fight, and to me, the this fight doesn't really make sense that it was made. Um, Rodriguez was on the cusp of a title shot. Meanwhile, Watterson Gomez hasn't won since they last fought. So I I don't really understand. I mean, their careers are in two totally different stratospheres at this point i don't really know why this is this fight was even made but um going back to the last fight rodriguez was way way better at striking and um yeah i, I just don't really see much of a path to victory for waters and gomez I, I have rodriguez via decision yeah i'm not gonna spend too much time in this fight uh first time they fought um and in a new rodriguez decision when i believe um, I'm not sure if this was before or after Watterson Gomez got her compound last name. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and you said you don't know why someone made this fight. And I was a little confused, too, at first until I, I forgot that, yes, Rodriguez is a top competitor. And now she's in a huge skid. So what do they do? They feed her someone that she's beat pretty handily before and someone who's out of, or probably on her way out of the UFC and Michelle Watterson Gomez. Um, you know, uh, Rodriguez is going to have a striking advantage. She has good power and good volume. Watterson Gomez, though, like I said, she outlands opponents, right? But I mean, she but her power is terrible. I mean, it's like she might as well be throwing paper balls at them. Um, she has good def. I'm sorry, good wrestling, I should say. Uh, she won't use it though. And the rematch from a couple years ago was actually a five rounder. Like I said, this kind of kind of goes back to how like I said how dominant they saw Rodriguez, and like I said, I think they're trying to get her back on the right track. So what better way than to give her someone she's already beat and someone who, like I said, is on their way out of the UFC. So, yeah, give me Rodriguez to win via decision. I don't think this fight's particularly close. It's going to play out exactly how the first fight went. Yeah, I mean, that might that might be it, um, that they're just trying to feed her somebody, get her back on track. But, uh, man, it's still just <laughs> – I mean, I don't know. It's just still weird. Uh, whatever, whatever. Mm. Um, moving Tournament's on. MMA, try not to think about it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, we'll go to Mitchell versus. Is, okay, I might need help with this one. Is it Ig or Eeg? Um, neither. Ig. Ige. Ige. Oof. 
was yeah. way off. Yeah. Or try to say it like E-Hey, maybe, but just like a little G sound, like E-Gay. 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 Uh, you're still too much on the G. I-Gay. Whatever. You're good. Yes. It's a little, it's better than I-J or E or yeah, whatever, whatever you're saying. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to me, this fight is, is it's interesting. Um, how does this fight take, play out? Will Mitchell land a takedown or will E-Hey use <laughs> his jab to keep the distance uh, on, on the feet? Um because he's been really, really bad once the fight gets down to the mat, and he's had a lot of. Uh, let me rephrase it. He's had no success against grapplers lately. Um, on the flip side, though, Mitchell only has finished one out of his five UFC wins. Um, so I don't know. I don't think this fight gets finished, but I do think Mitchell wins via decision. And let me say this about Mitchell. Um, I see him crying this week about uh, the Ilya fight, and uh, yeah, he's not in the same stratosphere as Ilya. Yeah, uh, you know Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty, I believe, uh, minus two of five favorite against Danny Hay, uh, plus one seventy dog. Another one of those fights. This is another one of these fights where I'm I'm confused about the odds. Um, this I think should legitimately be a pick 'em. Um, like I said, it's it's kind of hard to pick a fight pick a fighter in a fight where you know each fighter has their ways of winning it really just it comes down to who's going to implement the game plan better you already kind of touched on it it's um you know can mitchell get takedowns and keep ehay there or is ehay going to just you know like not send not like run away but i mean use his striking to his advantage just keep the distance and um yeah like to keep it at range which he he thrives and he thrives keeping fighters at range and uh, we see why, because like you said, he doesn't really do well against wrestlers. But for what it's worth, um, you know, he has very good. He has a lot of experience in the UFC. I said this is a guy's name you've heard for a long time now. And um, so, the, I mean, the liberal wrestlers he's fought were good. And um, you know, I, I can't really say if they're better than Mitchell or not, because I think Mitchell has some great wrestling too. But like his his career is still young, so it's kind of hard to compare for me. Um, I think for what it's worth, Ihe yeah isn't getting finished, so I don't I don't see. I said Mitchell isn't finishing anyone. Ihe isn't really getting finished. So, like I said, it's going to be an interesting matchup, right? But, I mean, both these guys have their ways to get a victory. Um, I mean, this fight stays on the feet, stays at range. Ihe all day, but I mean, if Mitchell gets his fight to the ground and can control Ihe, then I think Mitchell's going to win the minutes and win pretty easily. And um, I didn't really mention it because you already mentioned it, but yeah, um, Mitchell. Over and over again in these fights, he's been making a ton of improvement. Like I said, his last fight he lost, but for what it's worth, pretty big step up in competition there. Uh, young guy, still a lot to learn. I think this is going to be a very good benchmark, another good benchmark to see maybe um, if he can get back on track. Yeah, I think the um, UFC really likes him. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, he's the first guy with um, you know, with like shorts, shorts that were yeah, with the shorts that weren't um traditional in the uh, in MMA. Um, at least before, like the like the Venom days or the Adidas days. No, I think Venom, no Reba. I can't remember what um who it was, Reebok. but they had like all all the brands and stuff on their shorts. Uh, it may have been before Reebok, even. I think maybe when Venom was the original uh, people. I'm not sure. Either way, yeah. Um, I don't know how this fight plays out, and I I kind of want to say EA pulls it out here. But I can't, I can't, I can't quite get there. So I'm going to say Mitchell wins via decision. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe let me see the weigh-ins, and that may change my mind. But I don't, 
I can't comfortably pick a winner here, but just because I have to, I want to say Mitchell wins via decision. I guess he gets control of EA, um, and he's able to keep EA down on the ground, which, I mean, you know, EA never goes down without a fight. And when he is down, he's still not giving up without a fight. So, I, I don't know. We're really going to have to see the skill of Mitchell here be brought to even another level than what he's used to. But I think, I, I think he can do it. I think he can do it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, now, Mitchell, is Mitchell another hometown guy for us? Is he from Texarkana? Uh, technically, I think that's where he's from, but I think he kind of lists himself from Arkansas. Yeah. Well, I'm about to see him. Searcy? Searcy? Arkansas, nonetheless. That's where he's fighting out of. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, call Texarkana what you want. I guess it's, I guess people call it te- Arkansas or whatever, but uh, it's all three. So, um, nevertheless, close to home, I should say. Um, <clears throat> but we'll move on to the main event, which I'm very excited about. Um, Fazee versus Gamrot. And it's another stylistic matchup here. Um, obviously, Fazeev is one of the best strikers in the division, and Gamrot is a, one of the better wrestlers in the division. Um, now, that's not to say Fazeev and Gamrot aren't good at the other aspects of fighting. I think Fazeev is... Uh, he's not much of a wrestler, no, but he has fantastic takedown defense. And Gamrot, no, he's not the greatest striker, but he's he's good enough to, to win fights on the feed. Um yeah, yeah, it's another one of those kind of flip a coin, pick a pick a winner. Um, Fazeev was on a six fight win streak. Uh, now he lost to Justin Gaethje, but I mean that was that's the new and improved Justin Gaethje where everybody thought I had for whatever reason everybody was like, oh yeah, Justin, you know, he, it's the old Justin. He's he's done. He's washed. Like I don't know who who put that in people's minds, but yeah, Justin Gaethje is not washed. Um, so he lost to Justin Gaethje his last time out, which is nothing to, I mean, yeah, good big deal. You lost to one of the better uh, fighters in that division. It's okay. It happens. Um, I think he comes back, and I think I do think uh, I think he gets gets it done against Gamrot. Uh, I don't know exactly how. I think he has a little bit more. I know he has a little bit more power than Gamrot. So part of me wants to say. He finishes him, but I, I doubt it. I think he goes to the decision. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Fiziev, uh, it's it, he kind of sketches me out a little bit, at least in his earlier fights. Lately, he's been a lot better, I will say that. But his first fights, man, towards the end of them, he just slows down. Uh, not as bad oh, as some of these other fighters. He was bad but, about it. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, for what it's worth, like I said, though, he's he seems to be improving. And he better be for a five-round fight, especially again against Gamrot, um, a guy who's never been finished, a guy who has really good cardio. Can I amend my decision here? If you'd like. Yeah, I forgot it was five rounds, so <laughs> this fight ain't going to decision. Yeah, um, so yeah, like I said, Gamrot, um, let's say he has good cardio. He's never been finished. Um, but for what it's worth, uh, you know, like I said, this is why you can't look at stuff all on paper. Uh, watching his past fights, this dude's getting dropped left and right against people who don't have physique power. I, ha- I, I mean, it's it's amazing. It amazes me how well he recovers. Um, I'm, you know, that's to me, that's the equivalent of saying he has a lot of heart. Um, 
you know, it's it's a backhanded compliment, you know, take it how you want it. But it's not the greatest compliment I can give you is that you can recover very well because to recover, you're getting you're getting, you know, tagged pretty bad. And um, like I said, you're getting tagged pretty bad against people who are not Raphael Fiziev. Um But look, you're Gamrot, you have good wrestling and for and you do like to use it. Uh, you're you know, you're you're not a stupid fighter. Congratulations to you. That's why you've made it this far in your career. And that's why you have such a, a good record. Uh, Fizia, the other hand, Fiziev here, and uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned it. Fiziev, a minus 155 favorite, Gamron, and plus 130 dog. And like I said, I mean, I think uh, the odds are pretty close for a reason. Um, I already mentioned how Fiziev slows down. It kind of sketches me out. But for what it's worth, it has been getting better. Um, Fiziev, though, and this is why he's probably the favorite, and probably it may be one of the only reasons, is because he's a phenomenal striker. Mm. Um, not only does he have good volume, but he has the power to back it up, too. Um, like I said, you don't, you do not want to get into a striking war with this guy, you know, un unless you know you're like a Gaethje type or something. And then maybe you can feel comfortable. Yeah, but, but even uh, then, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of moments in that Gaethje fight where he was out striking Gaethje, and I mean, a lot of people, you know, people might think, oh, Gaethje's not the most technical. Well, Gaethje was out striking Dustin Poirier on the, you know, in their in their last fight. So, I mean, Justin's a dude. Yeah, it's yeah, not just all yeah, chaos absolutely. and power with him. It's it's a lot of tech, technical. Yeah, I, 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 for what it's worth, I think a loss to Gaethje looks a little bit better than a loss to uh, Dariush. I mean, I think they're both good losses for what it's worth. And um, both these guys um, have good records, have good track records, I should say. Maybe I give a slight edge to Gamrot as far as the experience is concerned. But yeah, look, this is a five-round fight. Uh, Gamrot's going to have a significant cardio advantage, at least I think, unless, like I said, Fiziev has just been getting even better about his cardio. But um. I don't know. Five round fight. It's going to come down to who can win three rounds against these judges. I say against these judges, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't have the highest level of confidence, but I will say I have decent confidence that uh, Fiziev is going to win via decision. I think his power is going to um, pretty much outrank Gamrot's uh, wrestling and stuff. I think he's going to be he's going to catch Gamrot. He may, like I said, Gamrot's never been finished. But, you know, Gamrot's getting dropped by guys who have significantly less power than Fiziev. I mean, I can't imagine what's going to happen when Gamrot gets rocked by a guy like Fiziev. Does he recover like he has been? Uh, I, I think he does, for what it's worth. But I think Gamrot's probably going to get dropped a couple times in different rounds. And uh, Fiziev's going to win those rounds. And so I think even if Fiziev, you know, kind of starts slowing down towards the end of the fight, I just I have to imagine that um, – I don't know if I mentioned this, but Fiziev has pretty good takedown defense for a guy in Gamrot who's, you know, probably going to try to look to wrestle. Um, I don't think it's going to be super easy taking down Fiziev. You know, and who, who in their right mind wants to, who in the right mind wants to get close to Fiziev? So yeah, like I, said, I don't know. I I have to lean Fiziev here, and um, ever so slightly for what um, a little bit more confidence in some of these other fights. Um, but yeah, I lean Fiziev here to get it done via decision. Like I, said, I think Gamrod keeps his uh, not finished uh, streak intact. By I me, mean, barely. It, it wouldn't shock me to see Fiziev get the finish here. But I, just, I don't know. Gamrod just it shocks me how well he can recover. So I'm, I'm just going to assume he can do the same here against Fiziev. Won't look pretty, but yeah. Um, I'll say this: it is pretty cool. Um, obviously, we watched. Fiziev, Fiziev, Fiziev for the first time together uh, fighting Bobby Green 
long, long time ago at your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what card that was. It might have been the card that uh, Cyril Gaon fought Derek Lewis. Um, man, I can't remember which card that was. No, Me neither. I it, it, yeah. was, it was a couple years ago for sure. Or three, yeah. No, not three years ago, but a hot minute ago, yeah. Yeah, but I digress. Um, it is really cool to see a guy that we watched, and we were like, man, who is this guy? He looks pretty good. Um, come out, and, and, and now he's he's one of the better fighters in the division. So I think that's cool. I just kind of want to mm-hmm. say that. See your thoughts yeah, on that. Yeah, like I said, it's it's fun. Like I said, when you actually get to really start learning, like I, said, I haven't really like started paying attention to UFC until like this year. I say paying attention, but like really getting into like the people outside of the top fifteen in their respective divisions. But yeah. um, yeah, like I said, once you do, it's really it's really fun to kind of like pick out your favorite fighters and like see who oh, like, I think this guy's gonna make it big, like you know, make it out the um mud kind of thing. Yeah. Like um, you know, it's fun. It's like you said. It's it's very cool, very neat, very fun. Just to see guys kind of like work their way through the rankings, like someone you've seen years ago. Yeah, no, like well, you know, well, just well, you well, didn't really well, forget well, about them. I know him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, oh man, I remember first watching this guy. That's what we're gonna be saying about Copy Law years down the road. Ooh. We're gonna be bragging to everyone when he's um, you know, um, hopefully he can get a championship. Yeah, I, um, you know, man, he still needs to make some drastic improvements. I think, but. I think he's got it. I think he's he's got put together soon now. I think I mean, his age. Dude, he's his ready. Age he's ready run. now. <laughs> if y'all can't tell, we're we're huge uh, <laughs> coffee love homers. <laughs> oh yeah, very very. But uh, yeah, for um, like I said, fight night, which is a lot a lot less chalkier than the last fight. Uh, the last last fight card we covered. Um. Daniel Cormier says Stipe Miocic has never looked better ahead of John Jones' title. Yeah, shut up, DC. Freaking, of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah go eat some <laughs> snacks, bro. Um, uh, anyways, um, yeah, like I said, this is. I think this is going to be a much interesting card. Um, I think, like I said, the lower level fights are lower level for a reason, and I think the closer fights are closer than um, probably most. Like I said, most of these odds are you know um, suggesting. So um, yeah, I think we should have a decently entertaining card this weekend. At least I hope. It won't be entertaining in the sense of like, oh, everyone's getting finished. But as far as like levels of fighters going up against each other, I mean, interesting in that sense. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I will say it is probably one of the not so great cards we've had in a while. But I think that's more so because the UFC has just been stacking cards lately. And uh, mm-hmm. props to them. But now, man, we get to one of these kinds of fights, which I, I'm, I'm stoked for the Fazeev, uh Gamrot fight, but it's like everything else is. I don't want to say underwhelming, but it almost underwhelming for me. Uh, yeah, nope, I get it. So I guess that's the that's the price you pay when you have all these great cards back to back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, not all of them can be like like your certified hood classics, but I mean, I mean, I'll take you know ones like this that are free. I guess I'll take you know you won't see me oh, complaining. Yeah, doubt. At the end of the day, like you said, they're free, so they're they're mm-hmm. great. Yep. Hey, but speaking of speaking of uh, cards, do you want to touch on uh, what was announced last night? Yeah, we can for the next uh, two pay per views. I believe is that what you're referring to? Oh yeah. Yep, um, so, and I'll pull, I'll pull up the full cards here before we well, um, leave anyone. Yeah, so obviously, um, if you're an MMA fan, the next two cards were announced. Uh, 
Jan- uh, January, September 20th, uh, late in the night. And they are some bangers. A fight that we've been watching for quite some time. And I think we've even mentioned why it wasn't getting done on this show. Um, the Kobe Leon fight. It's official. Main main event of its card. And then also on the John Jones card, you have another title fight, which is the Yuri Prohashka making his return fighting Alex Pereira. Um Holy moly, I mean, everybody <laughs> everybody was excited about the John Jones fight. <laughs> now it's like, John Jones who? Yeah, right. Um, I think, yeah, definitely the only reason we're saying that, you know, dis- no disrespect to, you know, probably the greatest heavyweight of all time is Steve Miocic and probably the greatest fighter of all time, John Jones. And like I said, was was just an astronomical matchup between the two. But um, we have the light heavyweight title fight too. And like I said, a division that, um, especially since Pereira moved up, and like I said, with all the injuries happening to all the champs for some reason, inexplicably, um, you know, Pro- yeah, like I said, Prohaska is making his return. And um, a guy who is riding a, you know, massive hot streak of sorts. And um, and another guy who's riding a massive hot streak of sorts in uh, Alex Pereira, uh, you know, still, you know, making his uh, light heavyweight, I guess, uh, I won't call it his debut. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, he's still making a name for himself in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, yeah, I guess he's he's still welcoming himself to everyone in the division by you know just um I say ran through um oh god I can't remember his name Polish yeah, power uh, yes thank you um you know pretty much oh, I say ran through him I mean he I don't know you know take it how you want he looked good though um, man like, yeah he, as he was I think any takedowns he was competent on the ground yeah 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 definitely looked like a shell of a swarm itself though for what it's worth but. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for a better match. I mean, I think for what it's worth, um, like I said, I haven't really done film on Prohaska in a hot minute, but like I said, from what I remember, I mean, this dude, this dude is a freak of nature. And the um, I was gonna say the ground game, sorry, uh, on the feet, and uh, so is Pereira, you know. And it's gonna, I think it's gonna be an interesting fight. Like I said, I mean, we've seen Pereira, um, I mean, get knocked out cold by Iz- Izzy, um, someone who has you know, uh, great power and great technique behind his strikes. Um, I wouldn't fight. say, yeah, I would, yeah, to be fair, sure. And, uh, I, w- I wouldn't say Brahaska has that level of technique, but boy, his power, um, he's a fun striker to watch for what it's worth. If I'm not mistaken, he, Dude. he got like a spinning knockout on, um, oh God, what's, what's the dude's name? Boy, he, he put up a good fight against John Jones. I can't Dominic remember the guy's Reyes. name. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's who he got a spinning knockout on. Um, yeah, Yuri. Fun fighter to watch. Like, uh, man, I'm looking at ESPN right now. Uh, 29 and three and one. Um, I said returning from injury. I mean, I don't know how he's going to look. I mean, uh, yeah, it'd be I imagine good shoulder but... surgery. I mean, one of the worst shoulder injuries we've seen in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So, man, I hope I hope he's okay, dude. God, I hope he's okay. Yeah. I think for what's worth, the fight's going to be. Um, the fight's going to be very good. I uh, said so both of these guys are um, decently heavy volume guys. Uh, they're very accurate with their strikes, and they have very similar builds. Um, I said Pereira is still kind of a um, behemoth, even for the light heavyweight division. But um, like I said, Yuri, maybe with his hair. I think he cut his hair, actually, last time I saw him, which was like months ago. But um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Like I said, very similar guys. Very similar in, um, in their uh, oh, what's, their technique, their, techn- their style of fighting. 
they don't go for takedowns. They like to stand and bang. And so um, it should be interesting. Should be a very good fight. Yes, very excited. Yeah, and even as powerful as Pereira is, I mean, the Yuri Prohoshka can take a freaking lick and just look at you mm-hmm. and like smile. <laughs> I mean, he's such a he's almost like a goofy fighter. I, I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, dude, I'm excited for that fight. God, man, and, and like you said, no, no disrespect towards John Jones and Stipe Miocic, but. Uh, this yeah, that fight more yeah. exciting. Yeah, especially the so the John Jones, um, Stipe Miocic fight is almost like dessert, and the uh, Prohaska Pereira fight is the uh, main course, the entree. Uh, unfortunately, I am looking here though. We have a crappy appetizer and Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. <sighs> Jessica like, so they, Andrade. I know. I mean, hey, they can't all be um, they can't all be bangers. But what it's worth, it looks like our Roman Delice is um. Supposed to be on the card too. Looks like they're missing a fight on here. I don't know. Um, they probably, they still got to hurry up and put that card together in true UFC fashion. You know, only like a month and a half away from this from this card happening, and they're still trying <laughs> to figure it out. But um, yeah, and then um, I said real quickly we will cover too the Edwards. Um, oh nice, Debo Samuel just made a big play. Yay! Anyways, Dang, you're we'll cover the uh, UFC two ninety six. Sorry, I get sleeper alerts like super late. I noticed that when I was watching it live earlier. Um, but yeah, anyways, UFC 296, but um, yeah, uh, like I said, a fight we've been, I guess, kind of waiting for. Oh, excuse me. Um, and then on top of that, um, oh, what division is it? Flyweight, I believe. Uh, Roy Val and Patoha, uh, Pantoha uh, got, um, got scheduled. So yeah, that should be a good fight too. Like I said, I mean, we got, we have two, like I said, UFC usually does justice towards the end of the year. They usually make like the last card really good. But, I mean, the 295 and 296 and 294 even. Um, like I said, they're really, like, I think, I mean, possibly the best three-fight main card. I'm sorry, three-fight pay-per-view stretch for sure this year, probably in the past decade. Um, yeah, Leon Edwards versus Colby Compton. That should be a fun matchup. That should be very fun. Um, yeah, it is. I said style, once again, kind of one of those stylistic matchups. Um, yeah, but even then, I mean, Kobe, no, he's not known for his striking, but his striking is a little underrated. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, dude is, like, short, stocky, and he's just, like, I mean, he almost. He's a little sneaky. Like, he doesn't get hit a whole lot. No, like like I said, he aggravates everyone he's ever fought against. I mean, I have to I have to imagine that if if, you, if he can negate Jorge Masvidal, I'm not, I do not, do not mean this as Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards are on the same level. I mean, this in the sense of, you know, you, I can compare the styles of Leon Edwards and Jorge Masvidal a lot closer um, since these fights are in recent memory. But, I mean, I have to imagine that if Colby Covington can kind of, you know, shut down the effectiveness of Jorge Masvidal, which is his striking and his ability to aggravate his opponents by, like, say, keeping the fights at range and just, you know, clocking them before they, they, before they know what happens. I have to imagine he can almost do the same for Leon Edwards. Um you know, obviously Leon, who's been he's been a favorite of a lot of people for a while now, um, and like I said, his his championship run against um, Usman is um, you know solidifying it. Um, for I will say for what it's worth, I'm not the biggest Leon Edwards fan. I'm not a, I'm not like a hater of the guy, but I'm you know I'm not compared to other champions in the UFC. I should say I'm not too impressed with Leon Edwards. His fight against Colby Covington, though, I think should is going to show a lot about his... Um, yeah, is he here what, to what's, stay what's or... the 
yeah what's what's the word what's the word i'm looking for whenever you um you have to overcome something well yeah that when you have to overcome the uh adversity 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 yes um i think this uh, like i said this fight can get ugly fast early on edwards especially if um colby covington has it his way and wants to get, wants to make the judges have to you know give a greasy decision decision um Leon's going to have to catch Colby Covington one way or the other. But I think for what it's worth, like I said, Colby Covington loves to get takedowns. I mean, he averages four um, every fight. And I have to imagine that's a 15-minute average. Um, yeah, like I don't, I don't know, man. Like I said, that, that fight, this fight's going to be good too. This fight's going to be really, really good. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be like a fun fight to watch. Very fun. Yeah. Um. Man, I'm I'm excited for this one. Uh, obviously, I'm a big Kobe fan. Uh, he, he's either a guy you hate or you love. Um, but yeah, man, he. A lot of people think he's a little. I mean, he's overrated. I get it. I get it. He hadn't fought anybody that's in the current top fifteen, which is crazy. If you think or has a win over anybody in the current top fifteen, I should say, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, but dude, I mean. He went toe to toe with Kamaru Usman in Usman's reign of terror, mm-hmm. um, and and like this is before the head kick knockout when Usman was just outclassing everybody that he fought. I mean, outstriking guys like Gilbert Burns and and such. Now, did he beat Kamaru Usman? No, but he was competitive in any kind of way you could imagine. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, don't make no mistake about it. Kobe Covington is a fantastic fighter. Um, I get why people would say like are are questioning him, but I mean, there's a reason that Dana's given him three title fights in his last five fights. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and the guy always brings it, dude. That's that's the most you can ever ask. Um, like I said, I mean, he he always. I mean, both both of these guys really bring it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, and there's nothing more energetic than Colby Covington walk out. Um, haven't heard it in like years. It feels like years now, just because it's been so long since he's fought. But yeah, so Dana White loves him. Some um people people who are willing to go out there and put on a fight. Um, and like I said, Colby Colby, Colby Covington's your guy. I mean, full of trash talk, but full of energy. Always backs it up. Um, like I said, not quite not quite Conor McGregor level, but boy, he sure. He sure reminds you of the personality of Conor McGregor. Um, like I said, if Conor McGregor was full-blood American, Trump supporter, um, he'd be Colby Covington, I think. Yep. But yeah, very good. Very good stuff, man. Definitely excited for the future. But uh, oh, yeah. we've been talking about UFC for a while. If you want to um, move on to some football oh, here yeah, for a little bit. All right. NFL or NCAA? I forgot what we discussed. We do first. We'll go, uh, we will go NCAA first if you'd like. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, you got some. Uh, I was about to say fights. I golly, I gotta. Anyways, uh, you got some uh, games you've been uh, keeping your eye on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's I mean, dude, it's a great week. Of yeah, college this football. is a stacked weekend. Yeah, I know. After a lackluster weekend. Yeah, so obviously you got Florida State number four, Florida State versus unranked Clemson. Which I mean, when's the last time you heard me say that or heard anybody say that unranked Clemson? Um. Make no mistake about it. Clemson is still here. Clemson's still talented. Uh, they still have Dabo Swinney on the sidelines. Um, look, they're going to come out and they're going to give Florida State their best swing at things. And and uh, I think this game's going to come down to the wire. I do have Florida State winning, but um, I think they're a little bit more talented on both sides of the ball. 
but man, Florida, I mean, Florida State is it, it, it's going to be a close game. Clemson is going to give them a, a, a good, good game. Um, uh, let's see what other game. Oh, Colorado and Oregon. <laughs> I know we've been saying Colorado a whole bunch. Um, but Colorado's first legitimate test. I know everybody thought TCU was going to be this this great team, which, I mean, look, they're really not. They're not a great team. Uh, defensively, they're horrible. Uh, offensively, they could be better. They, they're a little turnover prone so far this year. But, um, yeah, Nebraska was decent defensively, horrid on the offensive side. I mean, I've never seen somebody so bad offensively. Um, I think the their quarterback had money on that game in favor of Colorado. Um, so, yeah. And then Colorado State gave them – I mean, they gave them a hell of a game last week, but, I mean, it's Colorado State. It's mm-hmm. not Oregon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, Oregon favored by 21 points. I don't know if they get there, but I do think that uh, Nebraska's defense did a pretty good job of handling uh, Colorado's offense up until their quarterback started making really, really stupid decisions and turning the ball over deep into Nebraska territory. Then it kind of fell apart after that. But I think Oregon's got better athletes on the on the defensive side of the ball than Nebraska does. They have a great head coach in Dan Lanning that's going to make some defensive uh, adjustments. Obviously, a Kirby Smart guy. Um, he came from Georgia. He was a defense coordinator in the first year. Uh, that they won the national championship. So, defensive-oriented guy, but their offense can they, their offense can put up some freaking points, man. Um, so I'm I'm looking at, I'm circling this game. I, I'm definitely gonna watch it. But at the same time slot, actually, yeah, I mean, there's two other games that I'm watching on the same time slot, and that is UCLA and Utah, and Ole Miss and Alabama. Uh, UCLA Utah is yeah, I mean, oh man, it has stars all over it for me. You got Dante Moore, the the freshman's phenom for UCLA. He's been balling lately. Officially named the starter uh, today, I believe. Um, going up against number eleven Utah, who I think has the best defense in the Pac-12. Uh, Cam Rising will return this weekend. Uh, so super excited to see how Utah's offense looks. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a heavyweight bout there. And then Ole Miss, Alabama. Uh, can can Alabama kind of kind of shake off some of those question marks that you have on them, but or or is it more the same? Is Ole Miss gonna walk into Tusk Tuscaloosa and beat them? Uh, does Lane Kiffin finally get that win over Nick Saban? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Uh, if you ask me today, I might say Alabama. If you ask me tomorrow, I might say Ole Miss. It's been this way all week. People have been asking me who I think is gonna win that game. One day I'll say Ole Miss. One day I'll say Alabama. I think I've said Ole Miss Monday and Wednesday, Alabama Tuesday and Thursday. So, uh, look, stop asking me. Quit asking. I'm not going to answer. Quit asking. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, if you wanted to know, no, I'm absolutely not betting on that game. Um, I'm staying far, far, far away from it. And I believe there's one more game that I was interested in. Let me see. If you're oh, a pretty big one. Yeah, no, no duh. Uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Um, college game day is going there. Uh, it's another game that you might ask me Monday who I think was going to win, and I might say one team, and you ask me tomorrow who I think is going to win, I might say the other team. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, the spread's minus three in favor of Ohio State, but I think their quarterback play has been a little questionable. Meanwhile, Notre Dame has got it going on lately, but I don't think they've been really tested. I mean, neither has Ohio State, but um, I think Ohio State's so talented that they'll overcome it in this game. Uh, And that's not me saying Ohio State will win. I'm just going to say they're going to look good in this game. I think Notre Dame's also going to look good in this game. Um, if I had to pick a winner, I'll go Ohio State. If I had to pick a winner for the Alabama uh, Ole Miss game, get back to me. Um, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, and then, of course, you also got uh, Penn State and Iowa, which look, Iowa's offense is atrocious, but Penn State isn't exactly lighting it up on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that'll be a pretty intriguing game. And then my Heisman winner, my my projected Heisman winner, uh, plays California at 9.30 p.m. Mm, it's late. Uh, and Washington is favored by 20 and a half there. So, um, yes, by the way, my projected Heisman winner is Michael Penix X with an X, Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, my sicko game of the week. Probably gonna be Rice in South Florida. That's fair. I think that's a, that's a, that's a fair sicko pick. Um, yeah, uh, I'll cover a couple of the other games. I think that may be interesting, maybe worth noting in the uh, noon slot for Eastern Time, of course. Auburn and Texas A and M. I think you know Texas A and M. This is a good spot to um, you know, uh, get back on the right foot. I guess as far as uh, their perception Jim in the college football world. Yeah, fair enough. Um. Yeah, Michigan also plays at the time. They only play Rutgers, though. Uh, they're pretty big favorites there, uh, more than three touchdowns. Uh, Miami looks to continue to build and their momentum, uh, ranked 20 now. They're going up against Temple. Um, I mean, they're pretty big favorites there as well. A couple of uh, closer games, Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Uh, battle of the states here. Should be a fairly interesting game, I think. And another game, Oregon State. Um, yeah, Oregon State and Washington State. Another battle of the states. Um, and also a battle of the ranks. Oregon State will be going to Washington State. Oregon State uh, boasts a three-point favorite. Um, yeah, I don't know. Two teams I was decently high on. Uh, I think Oregon State obviously has a little bit more momentum here. Um, the um, the I should call the experiment. But the uh, transfer quarterback, what's his name again? DJ Uyangalule. Thank you. Um, you know, he's actually working out pretty well for him. Uh, for, I mean, for what it's worth. Who would have thought um, the number one quarterback at high school was actually going to be decent? <laughs> right, and uh, for like I said, for what it's worth, he's on the better team this year, at least as far as rankings are concerned. Um, he came out of Clemson, right? Correct. Just making sure. And, Which is uh, crazy yeah. because another highly touted quarterback in Kay Klubnik is playing for them, and he's also not great. So <laughs> at what point do you say, mm. hmm, maybe it's not the quarterback? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, who knows? And uh, like you said, I think Florida State and Clemson is definitely going to be the game to watch, though, um, along with Ohio State and Notre Dame. But um, and, yeah, thankfully they're at different time slots. And uh, you know, my Heisman will be playing um at Oregon, um, at three thirty. I'm joking. I'm joking. Sanders, Shoulder Sanders is not my. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, and for what it's worth, I'll pick a winner for you in the Ole Miss Alabama game. I got. I think Alabama 
<laughs> you know, I don't know. I think <laughs> Alabama writes the ship, but yeah, I mean, Ole Miss has been looking good. But I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, who's the best player? Who's the best team they fought? God, I keep saying fight because UFC's on my mind. Who's the best team they have went up against so Dude. far? Without Michael Pratt, correct. Which yes, Ole Miss's defense is not great, but I mean the perfect uh, the perfect remedy for that is facing Alabama's offense. So um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Made USF look like um, freaking. I don't even. I don't even know who. I don't on know. the flip side, on the flip side, um, Ole Miss's offensive line is Swiss cheese, and Alabama's D line is is <laughs> wonderful. So. Um, Jackson Dart takes the snap, gets sacked. If Jackson Dart survives this game, I think they Mm. win. I will say that. Jackson Dart lining up in the shotgun, 20 yards back. Long long snapper out there on the field, snapping the ball. Ole Miss actually has the two best quarterbacks in this game, and and Spencer Sanders and Jackson Dart, which is just Mm. wild to think about, Mm. like, I mean, it's going to be the same thing with, like, LSU with Garrett Nussmeyer and, and Jaden Daniels. I mean, when's the last time you could say that about Alabama is that there were two quarterbacks on the field that were better than their starting quarterback. Right, yeah. And, uh, man, I will say this, too. Um, remind me of the of the black guy, the black quarterback's name for Alabama, Milrow. Men- yes. Milro, Milro, Jalen Milro. Yeah, well, he got his starting job back because Correct. I, you know, obviously Nick Saban says, "Oh, I like the leadership." You know what? That one little clip we saw of him um, celebrating because his other quarterback finally did something good, and he knew he was going to get his job back. Uh, yeah, I think obviously Saban probably gave him the job back after seeing how good the uh, other option. Uh, <laughs> you're choosing the the lesser of two evils if you're Saban. I think. Yeah, what's um, crazy is the the quarterback Buckner. Buchner, I, don't know, I can't. I'm not familiar with the pronunciation of his name, but yeah, once he's uh, good, we'll figure out the pronunciation. Yeah, exactly. So what's crazy is that he's been in the, that offensive system for uh, I think two or three years, and Tommy oh, Reese, he's a fifth year letterman. No, Tommy Reese left Notre Dame to come to Alabama, took brought him with him, and he still sucks. So, mm. uh, hey, time to learn Chinese, buddy. Oh yeah, I mean at a certain point, yeah, he's in the fan controlled league where everyone spams four verticals. <laughs> four verticals. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like definitely an exciting weekend. It's um, probably going to be one of the better weekends of college football. I mean, this early into the season too. Um, like I said, a lot of close games uh, as far as you know spreads are concerned. You know, variants in college football uh, go along like peanut butter and jelly. But like I said, for what it's worth, um, I think a lot of these games are going to be very entertaining and um, very close. Uh, like I said, Ohio State and Notre Dame kind of tops the list for me, um, along with Florida State and Clemson. Oregon, Colorado for me. No comment of why, nope. but just just know that <laughs> I will be the watching. Down call of Colorado. Oh, yeah. I'm tired of people talking reckless about them. Uh, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually yeah. got a $100 wager on uh, USC being Colorado, and I hate USC. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's a one hundred dollars straight up. Like, if I oh, if man, I win the bet, if, if I win the oh, bet, I get hundred dollars. Hundred dollars, man. Shoot, let me find yeah. out. Yeah, DraftKings does a special. No, it ain't DraftKings. It's one of my dumb coworkers. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, DraftKings would probably kill themselves before they ever released odds like that. Yeah. So. Uh but yeah, very interesting uh, Saturday for college football. 
Um, I'm not sure if there's any games going on tomorrow. I'm, or let me rephrase. I'm sure there are games going on tomorrow. I just don't know who they may be. I don't think it's anything great. Okay. Yeah, that's usually how it ends up being. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you um, any final thoughts on college football? Are you ready to move on to um, our last uh, segment with NFL coverage? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, we won't have, we won't cover every game, um, but for what it's worth, there are a couple games out there that should be interesting. Um, one right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't even know what's what's the score. Twelve for the Niners. Good for the Giants. They're making it close. Um. Eight points. I mean, the 49ers are toying with them. <laughs> or, or they're, they, um, they're like they taking knees at the one yard line, dangling the ball. Like, you, you know how, like, <laughs> you, you would, like, hand the ball to somebody and then at the last second, like, like grab it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what they do. Well, I what I'm what I imagine is they, um, they have you know how whenever you do like a potato sack race with a partner, like, you each have one leg, like, in a potato <laughs> sack, you know what I'm talking about, burlap yes. sack, maybe. Um, that's what they have. Uh, McCaffrey and Debo um, have they have all their wrists tied together and their ankles tied together, and they're having to run routes simultaneously. Exactly. Oh, um, and Purdy's thrown with his left arm, by the way. <laughs> He's he has to only do Max Johnson behind the back passes. Mm, can we not? <laughs> sorry, sorry, but oh uh, yeah, uh, moving on to some of the more interesting games. Um, yeah, a battle of um, completely defeated, surprisingly. Chargers and Vikings. Um, yeah, kick off at noon for that game. And what should be a good game. Um, like I'm not sure. I think Eckler's still out. Um, but yeah, this is these are two teams that you're kind of surprised to be hearing. They aren't they haven't gotten their win yet. Granted, like I said, this is only the third week of the NFL season. Still young. But I mean, like I said, I mean, these are these are two teams. Vikings, I guess I'm not too surprised about. Uh, you lose to the Buccaneers. It's pretty um nah, I don't know. You say that the Bucs are two and no. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, I will say the NFC's kind of surprised me. Yeah, who so who far would have thought year. that the NFC South would have three two and O teams? You know, granted, I will say, you know, they haven't like beat the Chiefs or anything. And like I said, I, I wasn't too high on the Vikings this year, and thankfully they're kind of proving me right. Chargers, on the other hand, I mean, I was decently high on them. I know I was questioning whether or not they make the playoffs. I think they obviously do now that the Jets are out. No, the Jets aren't completely done for, you know. But hey, um. <laughs> Aaron, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, uh, Chargers and Vikings. I don't know. I said Chargers at Vikings, I believe. Very hard for me to pick a winner. Um, I think Minnesota's a slight favorite, but I really think this game could go either way. Uh, oh God, I can't. I can't believe that you know one of these teams is going to be zero and three. Most likely, I know <laughs> obviously uh, they can end in a tie, but let's just you know um, be a little realistic here and say that you know one of these teams is going to win, the other team is going to lose. I don't know who. I really don't. Um, the Chargers have been dis. I will say they haven't been disappointing, but I mean they their offense just seems to be clicking. Uh, Vikings, on the other hand, the offense it's like when the offense does click, they they blow up on themselves. Kirk Cousins just uh, it just turns into prime time Kirk Cousins. Um, so yeah, I don't know who I'd give this victory to. I guess I lean Chargers ever so slightly, but um, I can't. I I I will not be betting this game. I think it'd just be an interesting game to watch to see who gets their lick back. Yeah, so I don't think that Justin Herbert has ever had a winning season. I mean, like he's never had a winning record in his career. I don't know if that's that's still accurate, but uh, I'm looking at his record right now, uh, 25 and 26. So I guess he did have a winning record at the beginning of the year, but uh, man, that is insane to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, it, it, it's very weird to see both these teams 0-2. One of them I can understand. Both of them kind of crazy. Um, let's see, another – let's see, just going off of spreads here. Uh, oh, we have another doubleheader, um, Monday Night Football. And um, mm-hmm. Eagles and Buccaneers. Can't wait to see who gets hurt this time. Right, yeah. It's uh, either someone from the Eagles, Buccaneers, or someone from the Rams, Bengals. Um, you know, I'm not sure how no. how much. Oh no, no. Yeah, and I think oh, Joe Burrow is already hurt, so maybe that kind of maybe oh. Joe Burrow kind of counts because he's already technically hurt. No, because so, he got like, hurt last Sunday. No, Jamar and Jamar and Joe were gone. Burrow got hurt oh, like two months god. ago. Oh my god, Jamar. I don't know Joe what you're talking gone. about. Burrow got hurt two months ago. Oh, and he still he he still hasn't recovered, dude. Dude, freaking looks like he's freaking galloping on a horse out there. No, no. Um, hey, yeah, speaking of injury, somebody from the Giants just like hurt his elbow, and hey, he can't even stand up. Oh, dang! Womp womp. Exactly. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Rams and Bengals. Rams will be visiting the Bengals, and kind of crazy to say another surprise team for me. The Rams. Um, their offense is doing so much better than I thought they would be, especially with Cooper Cup out. I mean, um. Puka, I'm not going to try and say his last name, uh, Nikau, Nikau, something like that. Um, shocking emergence. Um, yes. Uh, Cam Akers being traded to the Vikings, too. Uh, pretty you know, interesting development, but obviously Sean McVay hates running backs, not named Todd, Todd Gurley III. Um, so, yeah, Kyron Williams is now at full control of that backfield. And like I said, the offense seems to be clicking. Um, they're going up against probably one of the weaker defenses in the league, I think, at least I think in the um, Bengals. Um, yeah, like I said, they couldn't they couldn't seem to slow down Lamar and the Ravens last week. But, I mean, thankfully, for what it's worth, I don't think the Rams' offense is quite on that level. But like I said, the, the Rams' offense has clicked a lot better than I thought they would this early in the season. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the spread is Cincinnati minus three, which is crazy to me that, you know, the Bengals are only three-point favorites against a team like the Rams. But um, I think recency bias is taking that one over a little bit. Um, I'll probably give the advantage here to the Bengals. I think they get their first win of the season here against the Rams. And uh, I won't say dominant fashion, but I think they, they kind of showed up some of the naysayers around the league. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before the Bengals kind of figure things out. Yeah, absolutely. They always get off to slow starts. Trust me, I know my AFC North guy. I'm a, I'm a Ravens fan. Unfortunately, I know all too well of the Ravens starting out well and the Bengals starting off like crap, and then it usually ends up being Ravens versus Bengals for the championship or for the division title, I should say. But uh, yeah, anyways, yeah, I think Bengals get their first win here. Um, it also kind of rides on whether or not Joe Burrow plays or not. Uh, I think for what it's worth, uh, Joe Burrow's a tough guy. He's going to try and get it out. Um, but like I said, I mean, against the Rams, I don't think it's the biggest deal that he misses. If I'm just going to be completely honest, I think Joe Burrow can probably miss the game, and they they'd still win. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see where the status of Joe Burrow is for that game. Um, just real quick on on yep. the contrary, I think it is important that he plays because it doesn't seem like he's in in sync with the offense, and obviously being hurt for. Most of the training camp, uh, I think that had a lot to do with it. So maybe it is important that he plays in this game just to kind of get get back into the rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. It is, I guess, to another counterpoint to that counterpoint. It's going. It's kind of hard to ask a guy who is injured to get back yeah. into his rhythm, especially a rhythm of um, you know, highest contract in NFL history, kind of yeah, rhythm. No, no doubt. So, um, and you, you, I mean, what does anyone do with their money, especially their investments? They protect them, right? Yeah. Um. So. 
nice. It'd be it's gonna be interesting to see. Like it's mainly all it's mainly gonna come down to Joe Burrow what he wants to do. Um, I mean, Doc's probably gonna tell him to stay out of it. Joe Burrow's probably gonna say I want to play. So, um, and hey, I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. Um, Cincinnati coach, what's his name? Zach Zach Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, uh, dude's an idiot. So, um, you know, <laughs> if it was up to him. Yeah, if it, was, if it was up to him, um, Joe Burrow is playing no matter what. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, you just ask the scars all over Joe Burrow's legs from his various surgeries, um, what Zach Taylor thinks of him. But uh, anyways, yep, should be a decently interesting game. Um, I expect the Bengals to bounce back here. Uh, is there a game you want to cover, Peyton? If not, I can choose one last game here. That, um, no, I think I think you've covered the two games that I was most interested in. All right, and um, all right, well, one more game that should be – um, a closer one. Um, I'm not gonna dare say entertaining, but mm. close. Saints and Packers. Uh, Saints will be going to Lambeau Field to take on the new Jordan Love Packers. Um, yeah, Saints are two and zero, coming off of a uh, uh, gutsy win against the Titans and um, a win against probably the worst team in the league in the Panthers. <laughs> um, the Panthers are god awful. Bryce Young is not that guy. No, and um, he's not even gonna be playing. I mean, dude, I mean, dude. dude anytime you gotta bring in Andy Dalton to run a quarterback sneak for you, dude. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, dude. I, I mean, yeah. It's it's not a good look, but um, yeah. Anyways, Saints and Packers should be interesting. Can mm. the Saints' offense kind of keep up what they've been able <laughs> to do? Up. Uh, yeah. I, I I know. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to spin this here. Um, listen, the Packers at home, obviously they're, they're the favorites, but they're not that big of a favorite. Um, minus one and a half favorites. Um, so I think it's really going to come down to the Packers offense to see if they can get, um, get it done against the Saints defense. Um, you know, there's a player, uh, Marcus May, I believe, uh, just received a suspension uh, for some drug abuse. Not sure what what that's about. Um, obviously, he's not going to be present there. But for what it's worth, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, um, Fred Varner, Warner, sorry. Um. Yeah, I mean, solid defense all around. I think a young Packers offense still trying to find its sea legs, I guess. Um, I mean, Jordan Love has looked all right. But let's be honest, they're still trying to figure things out, um, see what direction they want to go. Uh, I think, I mean, I think the Saints defense is going to make it tough on them. But um, at the end of the day, it also comes back to get a Saints offense get going. Um can, like I said, they, they, they look decent against the Panthers, right? But that's the Panthers. Um, you're going up against the Packers now at Lambeau Field um, in a very, very hostile crowd. Um, so, yeah, it should be an interesting game. I I ever so slightly favor Green Bay. And I, I think the spread is pretty spot on. Like I said, minus one and a half. I think that can honestly go either way. I think this is a straight-up pick them. But, um, yeah, I'll take the Packers at home against the Saints, especially a Saints offense that is – been poo poo. Yeah, uh, shocker to nobody. Derek Carr is <laughs> trash. Um, man, I wonder who called that. <laughs> I mean, he was bad in, in Oakland, or sorry, Las Vegas and Oakland. He was, and now he's bad in New Orleans. I mean, wow, who who could have ever thought that would happen? Yeah, no shocker. Yeah, shocker. Guy who sucks still sucks after being traded. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, Saints offense is just sickening. Um, I mean, they have three fantastic wide receivers playing for them, and they just cannot get them in the ball. Yeah, yeah. And, um, we rely on, on uh, Chris 
Alave circus catchers to, to win the games. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> he can do it. He can do it. He's good enough to do it. But, I mean, let's yeah, not count on those anymore. Yeah, especially considering last season he tried doing one. He got, like, you know, knocked clean out. And, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, it, was, it was, looked like he died on the field. Yeah. Or thought he was back at Ohio State when he woke up. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so um, she has some interesting – Interesting, interesting things happening around the sports world this weekend. A lot of games to watch out for, a lot of fights to watch out for. Um, Peyton, you got any closing thoughts here? Nope. All right. I figured not a thought goes on in that brain. Oh, no. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yep. Thank you all for listening once again. Um, as always, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you agree, disagree with us, uh, sound off. Let us know. Uh, like I said, we don't claim to know everything, but we sure do try to know everything. Um, yep. And like I said, uh, should be, you know, sit sit down, you know, with the family or friends, you know, enjoy some sports this weekend. I mean, that's what it's about here, you know. Um, you know, get mad at your favorite team for no reason or don't. Um, you know, maybe if your team does well, good for you. I know mine probably won't. But um, Even if mine does, I'm still going to be pissed off. So Yeah, I'll, I'll, find, I'll find a reason. Best believe. Yeah, Best those believe. of you who actually can watch sports and enjoy yourselves, uh, all all power to you i can't do it (laughs) yeah absolutely well uh thank you guys as always um we appreciate it uh peace out thank you all for listening bye